Blog Talk Radio. God bless you, and welcome to the Fivefold Ministry Broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer, and we just heard Jeff Major's song, 23. That's one of my favorite artists. I love hearing him play different music on the harp. Truly, it is a beautiful, beautiful album. I would encourage everybody to listen to the music of Jeff Major. It is so um awesome in the point that it just reverence and praise God. Well, God bless you. Let us sit back and relax. We had said that on Monday that we would do a teaching, that we would just do a little Bible teaching to encourage the listeners um, for some of the things that we do. So we would like you to get out your pen and or your pencil, your paper, and let us just take some notes as we sit back and reverence God together. The Bible says where two or three are gathered that our Lord is in the midst and that we can break bread together in fellowship because God do send us out in twos. So I want to encourage you as you listen to the fivefold ministry Monday through Friday that we are on Eastern Standard Time here in the USA. Again, that's the Eastern Standard Time for the United States of America. We ask that you uh, look at your clocks from 7 o'clock p.m. 
to 8 o'clock p.m. Again, that's 7 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. We would like you to call this number Monday through Fridays. You can hear us as well on Sundays from 8.30 a.m. to 10 o'clock. Again, that's Sunday mornings from 8.30 a.m. to 10 o'clock. Please call 319-527-6036. Again, that's 319-527-6036. We'd like to encourage you uh, to listen to us because we like to rightly divide the word of truth to go into the inner courts and behind the veil where we receive that outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. We have some awesome speakers. Uh, through the week we have uh, Reverend Leroy Rice who uh, comes on for Victory Temple. Truly, he is a pastor that can rightly divide the word, and we love to uh, hear him expound on Thursday nights, we have the man of wisdom himself. We are so fortunate to have Apostle Alexander Lockamy. He's coming out of Irwin, North Carolina, here in the United States, and God has given him a wisdom gift to rightly divide the word of truth and to go behind the veil and explain the words to us what thus said the Lord of hosts. We are so fortunate. We have other ministers, Minister Michael Gray. We have Reverend uh, Ray Lucas. Uh, we have Pastor Jones, and we have Dr. Uh, James Jones and John Jones. So we are just so fortunate that we even have Pastor Annie Gaskin, different ones who are fellowshipping with us to not only to teach and preach the word of God, but help us to expand the truth behind God's word. So as you sit back and relax as we uh, go into our um, service this evening, I want you to know this is our disclaimer, that the music that you hear belongs to the artists. They own rights to their music. We are here to promote those sounds of Zion and to encourage you to get those CDs. Again, we want you to sit back and listen to Jeff Major's Songs 23 as we get started. God bless you. This is the Fivefold Ministry Broadcast. Amen. Isn't it beautiful to know that we can dwell in the house of the Lord, that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, that we have eternal life. We are so fortunate and we are so blessed to have that opportunity. Well, as I said yesterday, for those of you who listen to our broadcast, uh, we did a little a brief introduction in reference to here in the United States, 
we call it our Palm Sunday. Again, we call it our Palm Sunday because Christians around the world are celebrating Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem. When he uh, went into Jerusalem, they called it Palm Sunday. The, the crowds gathered around. They spread palm branches in his path. Those was able to, um, who also believed that their Messiah uh, was in the midst of them, took off their coat or cloaks, and they laid it on the ground, and they greeted him and was convinced that he was the Messiah or the anointed one sent by God to establish his kingdom on earth. You know, when we look at Palm Sunday, we realize that when Jesus approached Jerusalem, that he was on a donkey. And we know that donkey was a sign of humility, that the crowd praised God or Jesus in a loud voice. And they said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And you can find reference to that in Luke 19, verses 37 and 38. Again, that's Luke 19, verses 37 through 38. Even those in the crowd or the welcoming committee, that they were excited that this is uh, he who was called Jesus, that he was their Savior. You know, as we get started, let us first just set the stage for the um, for the whole situation that Jesus was entering the town of Jerusalem where he sent two of his disciples ahead to find a donkey or a coat for him. But when you look at this thing, when you look at the palms that the people use, you know, like in here in the United States, a lot of people got those palms yesterday. And it's good to know when you do things to do the research, the background, to get the history and know exactly uh, what it represents, what is it for, and even uh, palm trees. Uh, uh, you know, why did they use those particular uh, leaves to lay down for Jesus? And, you know, it says here that palms come in many shapes or sizes that before Easter in the Christian religion, which we call the Holy Week, this is the week that we uh, celebrate that our Lord was triumphant, and that the palm branch is a symbol of victory, triumph, peace, and eternal life. All of that was originating um, in that outward demonstration of laying palms that it shows our Lord is in the midst of us. So you see that it is celebrated by so many all over the world, especially in this United States. And that that palm branch that the crowd used, they laid it before Jesus as he rose into Jerusalem on this donkey. And they used that to commemorate um, that those who waved those branches and those who laid it down, it was to remind them that Christians and their willingness to accept Jesus that their souls could be saved and spared as they followed him. I'll say it again, that the people became those who believed in Jesus were the followers of Christ or Christians, and they was willing to accept Jesus as their Lord and their Messiah. And when you uh, look at this thing and you really say to yourself, that they said, Hosanna, the noun word Hosanna, that was the cry that the people were using. And that was saying to us, in Hebrew, it means pray and save us. It's a biblical phrase that Hosanna is for prayer and to save us. And that 
it was used to be symbolic that Christ is that Messiah and that we are so blessed to have him in the midst of us. We thank God for that because a lot of people, they allude to the fact that they see that Jesus was riding on a donkey and that it has a significance. When I did my research, I was very surprised that even Jesus gave the donkey a name. <laughs> so hold on to your seats as we dig just a little bit deeper and look at all the significance. One thing about God, that in his word, that not only is it straightforward, but there are biblical messages behind the word that it has a lot of symbolic meaning that God likes to make it very clear that if you don't understand the outward, then go to the inward. There's a lot of things that represent a lot, even the palm itself, which is the purest oil. You will see see people when they use palm, some of them make that olive oil. They press those leaves until it's a pure oil. Some use it for anointing or doing uh, commemoration or ordinations of different ones, like you see um, uh, different leaders, like Moses poured oil over um, Aaron's head in the bottom in the Bible, that the oil was from his head down uh, to his chin. So there are different type of leaves or different type of symbolic that things are used in the Bible. Just like the palms we said, it was used for victory. It was a sign that they welcomed their Messiah and that he was Hosanna, the one who would bring safety, peace, and healing to that nation of people. And what I thought was so um, profound when I did my research especially uh, when I looked at the donkey that God chose on the Palm Sunday, that he wanted to show the people that he was a humble king, he was a king of peace. Would you believe that donkeys in the Old Testament was used as an humble animal, one that could be domesticated, and one that dealt not only with suffering or just um, followed whatever uh, they've been instructed to do, but God used this particular animal instead of a horse because he wanted to show the people that he came in peace. He didn't come in glory on a big shiny horse and the mane was thrown in the air and he, he rose in, but he wanted to come in very humble and meek before his people to show them that that Christ was there, that he was uh, being treated and showing others that he was just like a regular man like anyone else, and that he wanted to um, not only show the suffering that they went through, the service of this domestic animal, but the humility of man one to another so that they could uh, show love. So when you look at the donkeys that were portrayed in biblical times, that they were associated not only with the thing of wisdom in the Old Testament, but it was that Jesus chose this particular animal, and he called it lacral. I'll say it again. It's (laughs) L-O-K-A-E-L, the donkey who carried Jesus was that triumphant animal that he used, which fulfills scriptures, and that he told them that a lakshin would be the name of this donkey. And the coat, Kathleen, whom later that Jesus decided that he wanted to ride this particular animal so that people could see that he came in love, he came in peace, And as you see in Judges 5 through 10, that it relates to the prophecy that Jesus would enter Jerusalem on a donkey, and it was a white she-donkey at that. And it means that it was the binding of the coats together, which tied the uh, belief that Jesus had fulfilled the Old Testament so that people would know that God's word is profound 
and that it is what he said that it is. So Jesus led his followers into Jerusalem, riding on the back of a small common donkey, and that this donkey also followed Jesus to Calvary and stood in the shadow of the cross, and the shadow of the cross fell on the back of the donkey. Would you believe that when you look at a donkey back, the back of a donkey have a symbolic sign on the back of it that looks like a cross? And people attribute that that Jesus rode on this donkey as well as when he was crucified on Calvary, that the donkey was there so that people uh, see the markings that's on a regular donkey and they attribute it to the cross of Christ. So when you look closely, that um, most of the donkeys, like they glaze in regular pastures, um, they have dark crosses on their back or their spines, and they are very humble and meek animals. And also when you look at the story of King David, King David decided that he would use a mule, M-U-L-E, rather than a horse as well because he wanted to show um, the other kings that he was humble, that he came in peace, and that he uh, wanted to be on a lower standard, not to be all glorified and pumped up. You know, it's very sad when you see people today, unless they come in the shiny cars, unless they come in all their bling, unless they arrive uh, in that Lexus or that Mercedes or some shiny car, sometimes it's, it's not always to glorify God or to thank God for the blessing that they have, but it is to show off to man to say, look at me. Isn't it ironic? When you look at the kings of the Bible, when you look at David and you look at Jesus, they chose not to have the bling-bling, but they decided to come in humble and meek as a commander to say that we are all God's people, that we are on the same level, and that we should be treated equally and show love one to another. So it is very symbolic that our God that will use so many things as he used uh, even the incarnation of himself, Jesus um, his son that was sent to say, here are the people that I made, and I put breath in their body and made them in my image. Which better parent, which better one can go to the creation that they made and say, look, this is how it's done. It's just like a parent teaches a child, this is how you walk, this is how you talk, this is how you survive not to hurt yourself in this land of the living. So God himself uh, commissioned his own self, Jesus, to go uh, to come to this earth and to fellowship with us, to give us instructions and a better way, and to help us to have victory and be triumphant over death, to have eternal life, and that we can be steadfast to know that we are the sons and daughters of God, when we have accepted Christ as our Lord and as our Savior. So it is so very important that everything that God does, that he uh, have a symbolic meaning behind it, and that even with the name Hosanna, we already said that means pray for us. So when you look at those donkeys, and those that were used in the story and that Jesus, as I said, gave it a name that is not only fulfilled the scriptures, but it also showed that God wants us to be meek and humble and to be in such a way that our eyes is on a sparrow that we can believe that God is he who was sent for us and is redeem us of our sins. And as I said before, that even when you uh, look at even the palms that people use today, that it's supposed to uh, represent that you are a Christian, that you have accepted Christ, that you too have palms in your hand, that you are putting it in your home or wherever it is, 
as a blessing of peace and eternal love to others, and that this is Christ who laid down his life for you. So I know sometimes people make the cross, they give it out. I do the same thing. Some people even burn it as an incense in their home for purification or to purify their homes as they believe or anything dark or evil spirit, that it is a cleansing as well. So, you know, like a lot of people use wood for warmth. Some people use those palms as they burn it as a purification. Even with the oil, as I said earlier, that was used. Some people uh, use it not only to anoint the priest, but when you die, that they saturate you or embalm you or rub you down with oil as a preservant uh, for your body as well so it won't decay as much. So there are so many symbolic uh, things that goes on in the Bible. I would encourage everybody to do their research. As I said before, this is our holy week. This is the week that we uh, commemorate the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And we have learned about our palms or our palms for Palm Sunday. So God bless you again. Let us sit back and and relax now and let us listen to our favorite tune and our music. As I say, that all music belongs to the artist, and we are here to glorify those sounds. And truly, we love the Lord that we know that through his death, burial, and resurrection, that he is truly Christ all by himself. I have to slow down sometimes, as I always say. I get excited when I talk about God. I love him so much, and I thank God uh, for his son. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. So if I rattle on sometime, and and as a teacher and a professor, I always have to repeat myself so people didn't get it the first time, they can get it the second time. So, again, let us listen to Marvin Sapp and know, that our God is God all by himself. He is God all alone. And God bless you. You're listening to the Fivefold Ministry Broadcast. Amen.
alone is God. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And everything that was made or ever will be made was made by the Father. We thank God so much for his creation. We thank God that he is the great I am and that he is our redeemer. We thank God that only through that blood, only through that blood of Christ do we have a chance for eternal life. And we want to commemorate Jesus, and we want to thank him that he even uh, took on the assignment to be obedient and to uh, listen to uh, Yeshua, the great I am, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the Elohim, I am that I am, that he listened to him and to follow his assignment. There was times that he said that he was about his father's business. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Can you imagine that you so focused that your business is all about God, that each and every day of your life that you wake up to say good morning, that you thank him for being in the land of the living, that you try to treat others the way you want to be treated, you say things out your mouth that will exalt, edify, and encourage, and you live a life that is a truth and not a lie. You don't do evil for evil, and you certainly don't be spiteful. Hey, hallelujah, but you try to walk in love. That is what our Lord and Savior Jesus was all about. And here was a man that he knew before he even got to this earth that with the ridicule and the prejudice and people pouring fingers and blame, that death would come to his door. How many leaders have we seen all over the world, especially those who have meant to do good like Gandhi, Martin Luther King, and there are others in different organizations and denominations that they try to stand up for the gospel of Jesus Christ to love a human being the way that we want to be loved, and they have sacrificed their life. They have sacrificed their time. And the focus was on them. You know, the adversary is so quick to pull up a rock, a rock and say, I remember when, and and he or she did this, and this is the type of person that they are. But they forget that the commission that's on their life is through the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the teachings is through the Holy Spirit. As we come on this radio Monday through Friday, we are commissioned by God to glorify him by any means necessary. We come in your homes with music, with teaching, with preaching. Hey, in revelation knowledge, anything that can stir you up to the gospel of Jesus Christ and to help you to have eternal life and to live and not die, our show is to give you hope and to help you understand the promises of God, the requirements of God, the duties of man towards God, and what we need to do for ourselves to not only demonstrate that we are the light and the salt of the world that God is using, but that he is still alive and on the throne. Hey, hallelujah. So I want to encourage you again, as I said, that no the things that you do and why you do the things that you do. Just like when Jesus rode into Jerusalem and he came in humble and he wanted to not only show us that when you mean good and you just trying to put a smile on people's face and give them a hug and show love, that there are those that hate your guts, will stab you in the back, pull the rug, and even will nail you to the cross with their mouth with turn down of your character and try to undermine the very plan that God has for your life, God forbid. So what I would encourage you around the world, that as you listen to us, to stay focused, just have a singleness of mind, to let it be single, that you are special to God, you are his beloved. There are times he will give you corrections. There are times that he will give you encouragement. As we get it, we're going to give it to you because we believe we're going all in. Hey, hallelujah, by any means necessary, we're going in the reverence of God. So this is the time when Jesus, during that holy week, as he was spreading the good news, 
as he was riding on that donkey, as palms was being laid down, that there were those same crowds that, yay, there he is, let's give him a hand clap. They became arrogant. They became pig-headed. They became jealous. They became high-minded. Isn't it a shame when you see one man that's got a little shine, whether it's a new house or car, or he have on a new suit or a woman have on a new dress, somebody seemed to be smiling or be at peace. They are haters, haters that those are the ones who mad because they think you riding like a big dog. They were like, oh, my, they out there shining. They taking the shine for me. They taking that glory away, God forbid. You know, God raises up everybody that we wake up just like each other. We're able to take our bath and clean ourselves and look presentable to go out and work with the sweat of our brow to achieve success. There are countries that will bless you to get monies to go to college. There are those that will sponsor scholarships and aid. There are those that goes around the world to help others. But then when you try to be about a good work and do some uh, good things and that the focus is on being kind one to another like Jesus was and be humble, then you will have those that says crucify, throw a stone at them, nail them to the cross. It's sad when you have others that judge you, but what about their skeletons in the closet? It's sad when people hate your guts and undermine you, but what have they done for themselves lately? What have they done? What work have they done for God? What evangelism have they done for God? Uh, what prison ministry? What food ministry? What financial ministry? They are so busy getting in your camp saying they're going to ride with you as a rider, but then when you look, they stabbing you in your back and try to undermine the very salt that God has given you to go for it. I hate people uh, to be phony and say, you know, I want to eat at your house, come and fellowship with you, but then when they come to your house and eat your food before they can get out the door good, I ain't like her food anyhow. It's salty. I didn't want to go over there. I don't like the way she cooked. Why go to another man's house? If you're going to turn them down, why be around somebody if you want to talk about it? Why even join a show or a ministry or even this radio broadcast when all the time that you don't like the music, you don't like me, and you really don't want to be a part of it? You hope that it was sabotage. You know, this is why I said that, you know, I thank God that all I need is the Holy Spirit. He sends those that he wants to be on this program, and he sifts those out when it's time for them to leave on good ground. So only thing I would say to you is that Jesus knew his adversary. He knew his Judases. He knew that the people was plotting against him. He knew that he was going into a town where they was praising him, and by next week they'd be cussing at him and spitting on him and talking about him and want him crucified. God forbid. It is sad when you deal with double-minded people. It is sad when you got people that's for you today and hate you tomorrow, people that's in your corner today, but then they turn their back on you the very next day. It is sad when you be with some phony folks who say that they are followers of Christ, but then they do evilness and try to set you up and get your nail to the cross, God forbid. So this is our story about Christ and to make it plain and put it in regular common day, everyday English that people hopefully can understand around this world in this United States, that God don't want no phony Christians, that he want us to live right, do right, talk right, and treat each other as brothers and to commemorate and to recognize that Jesus came in to be that sacrificial lamb, that Jesus took on the whole world and death so that we could have a chance to the tree of life. So as we look at, we just finished up our Palm Sunday this in the United States. We have our Easter uh, that's coming up this week. And for those of you who are scholars and those of you who like to get more biblical information, that it is one of those holidays or feasts that marks the resurrection of Jesus three days after his death on Calvary or after his crucifixion. As I said, that when he came into Bethlehem and that uh, he was spreading the good news that within that time that people 
uh, had uh, took him in front of Pilate, that people had accused him, the very Christians, or as we say, those religious leaders, the very one that said, that's blasphemy. They're not preaching what's in the Word. They're not teaching what's in the Word. That's not lining up within the Word. Uh, it's hypocrisy. But yet, they would say, stone him, kill him, nail him to the cross. Hey, hallelujah, those very same ones, accusers, that those phony folks is the one that sold Jesus out. And when they sold him out, that they uh, took him to Pilate, he was beaten, he was stripped, he was left for dead, he was unrecognizable, and then he was crucified on Calvary's cross. So when you look at the meaning of Easter Sunday, it's not about the rabbit, it's not about the Easter egg, but it's about Jesus uh, being on a cross. It's about Jesus suffering death for us. It's about uh, Jesus dying for us to give us eternal life. So this is this Christian festival that we celebrate, that not only did our Jesus die for us, but he was resurrected. Uh, to die on a cross on a, as we call it, a Good Friday, which is also coming up here in this United States on April the 7th, and that when he died on that Good Friday because he was pierced and he was killed until uh, the, the Spirit left him, and that he was able, uh, not only when he died, but he was resurrected. So we are going to have our seven last word service again on Friday night in this United States. We want you to call 319-527-6036, 319-527-6036. We want to put it out in such a way that people can understand it in everyday language. We know you hear people do seven last words in churches, and they uh, do the biblical sense, but we hopefully will line it up in such a way that everybody can understand it from a child to an older person. So we will have our seven last words. We will have our speakers at that time who are on one accord with us, and they have been led by God to give us that word. So as we uh, have our Good Friday service and we talk about Jesus dying on the cross and the things that he said while he was on the cross, that we just want to encourage you to know that even though our Savior died, that he rose from the dead, he brought good news to us, his followers, and that that crucifixion on that Friday really was a time of rejoicing and rebirth that we could rejoice that now that Jesus died, our Lord and our Savior, that we are the descendants of Abraham, those who have faith, the faith seed generation, that even though we're not Jews, that our uncircumcision as a Jewish act is now circumcised by our faith. So we are those circumcised Jews of faith as God told Abraham that he would have so many children as much as the stars. So we are the children of Abraham. So we are with that seed of faith. So this was a time of rejoicing. It's a time of rebirth. It's a time to know that we are the true followers of Christ because we keep the gospel. We try to live according to his word, and we try to treat others the way that we want to be treated. Sure, we're not perfect. Sure that we do things, but we know that only through that death, burial, and resurrection of Christ can we ourselves be resurrected. Can we ourselves uh, be redeemed? Hey, hallelujah, because we know that it's only through that pure hands, clean heart, can God move on behalf of us, and that's through the death of his son, Jesus. And it is said, like I said, that this is the week that the Son of Man was delivered over to the hands of the sinner, to those hypocrites, to those backstabbers, to those haters, to those that was mad of his shine, especially I am sure that the ability, the anointing, that he is the anointed one, the miracle signs and wonders that he did, that he had haters, that those wish that they could do those things of those false prophets that could not 
do the miraculous as God. So he was crucified, but on that third day, hallelujah, he rose from the dead. So remember now, as we do our uh, Good Friday service, which starts at 7 o'clock, again, is this week, April the 7th, all over the United States, uh, do call in with us as we celebrate our Easter, which will be after our uh, Good Friday service that Sunday. We're going to bring it in and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we want you to mark this on your calendar and to know that why it's so very important that we keep the understanding, we keep the true essence of why this is a celebration. You know, the adversary is so busy. Just like uh, we said during Christmas time, we don't know the day or hour of Christ's birth, but we commemorate and celebrate that Christmas season as a symbolic act that Jesus Christ was born in the stable with Mary and Joseph, his parents. So we use that, not knowing the exact day, but it's like a birthday celebration. The adversary, he have to come up with Halloween, something that is truly demonic, something that is saying that, well, Jesus is going to get a birthday celebration. I'm going to get a celebration. So he got this demonic day of Halloween or Hallow Eve, which is nothing but hollowness. So he comes up with that just as so that we celebrate uh, Easter, the resurrection of Christ, that now we got this thing that oh, not only was he talking about Santa Claus then during Christmas time of Christ's birth, to throw our focus off, but now they're looking at the Easter money and Easter eggs that throw off our attention that what is the real reason behind that Jesus died, that Jesus was buried, and that the tomb was empty, that Jesus had risen. Oh, hallelujah, we want you to make sure that you don't compromise with your children. I know they're little ones, so if they have to put on their little Halloween costume, their little princess, and some of them, you know, go out as a little ballerina or whatever, but nothing demonic. And to know the reason for the season is not because of the Christmas toys, but it is the sharing of gifts and showing love and giving each other a hug during this family time of the Christmas holidays. During our Easter, as we say, it's not about the clothes, the new suit, or the bling but it is about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ that we are able to pray and have vigil and to have our uh, sunrise services that our Christ was resurrected. I told you when I talk about the Lord, I get excited that I'm, I'm just, that's it, you know, I'm just, that's where I am in the Lord. I just love God. And for those of you, I know I hear others say, well, what is Passover celebrated by the Jews and even Christians? Well, it's the same thing. It's a celebration or duration that the Jews were spared, that when the plague uh, went to uh, kill the firstborn of Israel, uh, when I mean in Egypt, when that plague uh, went through Pharaoh and to kill the blood, was uh, put on the door so that they could pass over, death could pass over their door. It is also a time of sacrifice to say, well, God, I'm going in a fast for the next seven to eight days. I'm not going to eat meat. Uh, I'm not going to be a glutton. You know, I'm not going to indulge in things that's sinful, but I'm going to purify myself during this commemoration or celebration uh, that that uh, started with Moses, and that I am asking God that during these seven or eight days and nights, that Father, that I'll be able to uh, celebrate that Passover that happens during the time of Easter. You will even find those will put ash on the head uh, as they, you know, it's, it's when you look at the the Jewish men. And they were the prayer shawl, as I say, and they wrapped themselves. They would tear off the clothes. They would put ash on their head. They would just abstain from food or drink. Some would go on that Daniel's diet, which is fruit and water and different things like that. 
and they will just sacrifice themselves unto God. A time of worship, a time of prayer, a time of sacrifice. So we want to encourage you, as I say, this is our holy week. This is the week uh, that we started, like I say, on the last day of Lent and our holy week, which will be that triumphant day that Jesus rose. This is our week that we commemorate the entries of Jesus entering into Jerusalem, that this is the time that we will see Jesus, that as he... Uh, that he was dead and buried as he hung on the cross, but he uh, died on a good Friday for us and that he rose on that Easter morning. So we want to encourage all of you that as you celebrate um, Easter, as you understand why you have those palms because you are a follower of Christ, as you understand why you celebrate this holy week, and why is these three days so important, which is the day uh, that he was on a cross, the day that he died, uh, died on a, a Friday, Saturday, as they say, took the keys from hell. We don't know the exact time or place. But on Sunday, we know that he died and he rose within three days. Hallelujah. That we can commemorate Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. That he was seen uh, walking through the town that he was seen by Mary, one of his disciples, and he told her, go tell my disciples that I have risen. So truly, we thank God that everything that was said in the Old Testament, it was profound, it was uh, confirmed, and it was sealed in from the old to the new. So I just want to say God bless you again as you listen to the Fivefold Ministry broadcast that you will hear that good teaching, you will hear that good preaching from those different leaders, and we just want to take time out just to say that this is our commemoration, our Holy Week, and as we dig a little bit deeper this week, we will have the preachers come forth, we will have our Good Friday and we will have our resurrected uh, message to give us hope that Jesus has rose on the third day for us. So God bless you again. I hope that we were able to get some understanding about the palm as well as the olive branch to also to go over, uh, as we had talked about, those symbolic days of our Christmas as well as our commemoration of this Holy Week of Christ, how it all tied in. So God bless you again. I'm Apostle Margie Mercer. I just want to encourage you as you sup with us, as you worship with us, to know that your God loves you and that he can do anything but fail, that this is a ministry, that we have sacrificed our lives to say that we love the Lord and that he truly is an everlasting Father and that if God can't do it, it cannot be done. So we are so, so very grateful for our Lord. Let us get ready to close out now. We're going to listen to uh, William Murphy. And remember, we serve an everlasting God. I hope I wasn't too fast and I slowed down some that you can understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. Amen. Shall I be afraid? Real simple song. I want to teach it to you tonight. The Lord, my life salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? Mm. The Lord, my life salvation. Whom shall I fear? Yeah. Whom shall I be afraid? I will wait. I will wait on you, you, yeah, I will trust in you, yes, Lord, say, I will trust in you, y'all help me, the Lord is my life, everybody sing, the Lord is my life, salvation, whom shall I fear, you say it, whom shall I fear, pray, no, no. 